Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming to you live from a flat. Not live. Well, we, we are live. As li- like recorded live. Okay. Coming to you recorded live. From a flat in Auckland, New Zealand, on one of the most amazing days of basketball I've ever seen. Paul, you excited? Yeah, of course. Let's do it. Holy shit. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Two amazing games in the same day. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, two game sevens, two great games. Good That's s- the kind of analysis we come to the podcast for. Let's relive the moment right now. Oh. Well, we're listening to the audio. Kawhi up top, looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win! I know you can, like, I know they mic the rim, the rim, but, like, that is crazy that you can, the stadium is so quiet, you can hear the ball bouncing off the rim. Mm. And we play basketball a lot. Oh, if you, if you, if you, imagine if you don't know the result and you're, like, listening to this podcast to get your, like, scores and stuff like that. That was a tie game, 90 points all. Don't uh, tell them what happened. In case they don't want to Pause it, it now them. and then and come w- back. And watch the game. Okay, you hopefully, you've, hopefully you've left. Yeah. And we can continue. There's a tie game, 90 all, with 4.2 seconds on the clock. Kwai dribbles kind of drunkenly to the corner for a long fadeaway two over Joel Embiid. It bounces front rim, backward rim, front rim, in. And, like, I play basketball. I've played basketball a lot in my life. And I've definitely seen shots like that go in. But never for the win. It's like when you're watching Earbud or something like that. And... They show the, the game-winning shot, and it like bounces front rim and then rolls around and then pops up and bounces back rim, and then it oh, hits yeah. the top of the backboard and then drops in. That's almost how ludicrous this was. The stadium was so quiet, you could hear it. I'd, I think I'd, um, when it first hit the rim, I think I'd already ruled it off as a miss. Same, same here. It looked like it was just going to hit front rim and, and or I might be confused. In my head, I don't remember, but I, I felt like it hit front rim and was just going to then go short. Yeah. Like, Bounce away, but it somehow spun forward and then... People, I wouldn't even call that shooter's roll, because shooter's roll's like Steph Curry. He puts it up soft on the rim and just more often than not, it seems to go in even if it's not dead on target. Mm. But like this was like just like a freak shot. And like people be mocking Paul George, you know how after that Damon Lillard shot, he said, um, that's a bad shot. Mm. Um, well, that was, I think this was a bad shot. And um, the Raptors were looking... As a Raptors fan, it was like when Jimmy Butler went the length of the floor to um, tie the game, you're like, oh my goodness, what is happening here? And then when it hit the front rim, I was like, oh my goodness, we're going to overtime, we're going to lose. And it's definitely the great, I tweeted it and it was the understatement of the century, but it was the greatest moment in Raptors history. 
but that's not saying much at all. And one of the most amazing shots ever made, just because, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't if he missed it, they were going to lose, but it's the first time a buzzer beater has ever won a game in a game seven, mm. which is unbelievable. Yeah, that's see, crazy. Right? When I read that that uh, fact, I, sh- I misread it. I thought it said Kawhi Leonard has hit his first game winner in game seven. I was like, no crap. Yeah. But then it said the first. It's, I couldn't believe that. It's amazing it's never happened, especially because that is the fantasy shot that you take yeah you're like you're like game, game seven yeah clock ticking down eastern game conference seven. semi-finals you I might mean, not say that you probably wouldn't say that but you, you might say eastern conference finals to make it more realistic yeah like you know how like when you're a kid and you're dreaming about it you like try and make it more realistic so you might say eastern conference finals just no one's gonna say eastern conference semi-finals but the point is you would say game seven four seconds left on the clock and uh, yeah, mad shots. I I was I was always a very realistic kid, so I was mine was always like, game tied, late December regular season <laughs> game, doesn't really matter. <laughs> Playing a team we should have beaten by twenty, <laughs> and it's up and it's in. Oh no, you miss as well. You're like, oh well, <laughs> we'll get him next time. No, we'll get him in OT. Game is <laughs> tied. Yeah, <laughs> I um. I, I'm not trying to be a good sport here or anything like that. I hate when people are like, hey, good game to the opposition or something like that. I do In both of these games, I do feel sorry for the losing teams. I'm like, LeBron's maybe going to get some stick for tweeting about, out about analytics and the game just gets decided on the court with amazing players making amazing shots, whatever BS he tweeted. <clears throat> and I'm definitely a fan of analytics. But it's just crazy when two playoff series are like this, they're that tight, they literally both could have and possibly should have gone the other way. Like, it, I can't, I thought Denver was probably the better team. I, I knew um, Portland was in for a good chance, but like, watching, I watched basically every game in that series. I thought it was the best series. We'll get to that soon. I agree that. And, and in this game here, in this, in this game here, I was like, it could have gone either way. And it was actually maybe not even that shot. It was more like the defense of the Raptors down the stretch, which won it for them with three turnovers or shot clock violations in a row, basically to cinch the game. It was. Uh, yeah, that's why you watch basketball, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I agree that uh, Denver-Portland was the funnest series to watch. Paul hadn't seen the game. Paul hadn't seen either game, and it was crazy because like, even like people in my office who don't even care about basketball had seen it. I screamed out during the Toronto one. They had to, yeah. out of celebration for that amazing Well, the, um, the Nuggets-Blazers game was at 7.30 a.m. Paul's... Well, and you're like, there's no way I'm getting up for that. No, well, no. here's the thing. I'm about to go back to to, to a distant time zone. And so I've been intentionally staying up late and sleeping oh, late. Oh, don't pretend like that's your plan. It's, I've been intentionally <laughs> staying up late and waking up late. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just weird. And I've, I've said this before, but I think it's mildly interesting... I say that all the time. I say I said that things before, but I think it's mildly interesting. It's just when you listen to analysts, this better e- be mildly interesting. ESPN or something like that. Literally, it's all about where did Philadelphia go wrong, and the answer is really nowhere. And yet, you can blame Joel Embiid's conditioning, or the not having a backup center, or um, Ben Simmons not being able to shoot from the perimeter, or Jimmy Butler having a slightly rough game. But it's like it, it's so could have easily been the other way around and everyone's going where did Toronto go wrong are they going to fire Toronto's coach you know like it's mm. like basketball so often it's like you just could, you just couldn't pick a winner be- between these two these two if it had gone to overtime you'd pick Philadelphia to possibly have the momentum there and it was just like a few 
great plays. And it is nice for the Raptors because the Raptors are a, um, a disenfranchised franchise. It's maybe the wrong use of the word disenfranchised, but a franchise that, like, in the time I've followed them, the last five years, like, man, they... I mean, they lost a, a series against Paul Pierce um, on the buzzer shooting a fadeaway for the Washington Wizards. Who even remembers that Paul Pierce played for the Washington Wizards? That one where he said, I didn't call... Um, I didn't call Banker called game. Yeah. Um, like the Raptors have just had like, you'd expect one break to go their way. And when Kwai was being hugged by his teammates and his tongue came out and you could see the blue Gatorade on his tongue, all I could think about was DeMar DeRozan and like how sad his exit was with the Spurs, with him not showing up in the pivotal game kind of and, and missing all those shots down the stretch. And to look over and he'd be watching that on, I hope he wasn't watching it. And to see I'd his old teammates and his, his team that he built, I, lo- I hope that he's in Cancun or something, and he's he's in Cancun. He's, but he's decided it. to not watch it. <laughs> maybe the maybe the the satellite dish was out that day, it cut out, and they just couldn't watch the game. But like, yeah, you'd be glad for your teammates, but it'd also be a little bit heartbreaking. The team that he built and the franchise that he brought back to prominence, and someone else has kind of stolen his girl, and um, yeah, just unbelievable. Unbelievable shot. Uh, yeah, and and then it's crazy because we've finished that and we're like, now we're going to go to another unbelievable. Paul didn't even know there was two games today. When I spoke to him today, there's, I was like, there's two unbelievable games. And Paul was like, there's two games. <laughs> I thought there was just Port- it was just Portland-Denver today. Okay. But um, but you didn't watch that either. What? You didn't you, you hadn't seen that. You like were surprised. No, well, I've watched them since. Yeah. yeah. But it was like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not questioning your watching. I just thought it was. Funny, yeah, I reckon I probably watched more of the games than you. Oh, did. I had. A, I had a job. All you, right. Yeah. The point. Oh, no, well, just don't quit. Don't <laughs> throw stones when you're in a glass house. <laughs> okay, CJ McCollum. Holy heck. Yeah. I'm just impressed by the endurance. Like, I'm kind of borrowing this take from somewhere else. Not that I have any many great takes of my own, but like, it is impressive that a guy can play a quadruple overtime game and then go into a game seven like this and still have legs to shoot. Like it's like it's one thing to be able to play fitness and uh play fit and play good defense and stuff like that cuz every player's on the same level, but your shooting normally goes like your legs get tighter and tighter. You saw Kawhi shoot Kawhi couldn't buy a basket in that game 7. I'm not saying he's unfit, but that can be a factor. Yeah. And like CJ McCollum is just cash money the whole game. 37 points in an elimination game when um Dame Lillard can't play and is deferring to him or can't shoot, sorry. Um yeah, it's like one of the all-time great. Like we're we're witnessing a, a star is born. Not that yeah. I've seen that movie. I'll tell you, one records. of m- one of my favorite NBA players came through today in the clutch. Uh, I felt. Yeah. He'd hardly. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'd hardly played this series. Yeah, yeah. Evan Turner. Evan Turner. They for some reason after not really playing him. They built the, their team around him in the fourth quarter of Game Seven. <laughs> had him bringing the ball, subbed him in. Uh, had him uh, bringing the ball up. No, it's because he looked mate, great. He was getting offensive rebounds. Evan, he was just taking it in, just scoring at will, getting to the free throw line. Evan Turner, before this game, do you know how many points he had in the series? Maybe eleven. Four. Oh. Four. Well, why'd you say eleven? I thought I just saw it in a tweet just before. He had four points in the series. Yeah, so here's the tweet. Someone said, Evan Turner has more points in Game 7 than he had in the first 11 games of the postseason combined. That's even crazier. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think they were really um, using him at all. But maybe, I might be wrong. Maybe he was just shooting horribly. 
But um, I I felt like I hardly saw him. I thought he was injured or something. No, he's just trash. Well, no, but I I th- I think people often get carried away with like, oh, th- he hasn't scored points. He's trash. Yeah. But then you say, like, how many shots has he taken? Yeah. Like, because even the, that first the other day when Steph Curry was playing, and at halftime, everyone was like, Steph Curry's playing trash. He hasn't scored. Yeah. It was but pretty like, bad. He's he's no, a scorer. No, no, but like if you watched the game. Yeah. He missed five shots. It's like, sure, yeah. that's not great. But, he, but he was getting double teamed every time. Yeah. He'd come off a screen, he'd get double teamed, and then he'd he'd make the right play. Yeah. And I, f- I feel like that's one thing that Steph Curry is, w- excels where maybe some other stars don't, Ooh. is not forcing it yeah. and just giving it up. And because um, and they were scoring off those positions, so it's not like... It's not like it's horrible he's passing to Kevon Looney. Oh, no, totally. Forcing it's never the option, but sometimes it is. And today, Kawhi Leonard forced it like he was Kobe in 08, and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch as he, he chucked up 39 shots. That's so many shots. Like, I don't even think the Denver Nuggets shot that many shots in the whole game. Um, but what happened with Denver, right? Uh, sorry, the Trailblazers. Is it who went off injured? Was it Rodney Hood? Yeah, Rodney Hood. I wonder what's up. What's happened to him? It's such a shame, and it was our boy, um, Tory Craig. Tory Craig oh, who put a leg out in the screen. I mean, oh, don't get me no, wrong. No. I don't think it was intentional, but he did have like a bent knee. Like you could almost call it a foul. Oh no! But it looked like um, it wasn't his contact that uh, Rodney Hood's leg kind of hit the ground. Yeah, and his knee just hyperextended back is what it looked like. Uh, I thought it was there was that bent knee from Craig. I thought not that I don't think Craig uh, was doing it dirty. I don't think so. Like all, like I might all be wrong. Players. Um, but but yeah, Tory Craig even um, leaned over him afterwards and was seeing if he was okay. Oh mate, if you think that you've got to watch uh, a little man called who's that guy from Barcelona who bites people? Not Tevez from Barcelona. Oh Suarez. Suarez. Yeah, Suarez. You should see him in the Liverpool game where they, they blew the greatest. Have you been following soccer? Yeah. Soccer's amazing too, right? Sports the last two weeks. How is this possible, right? It must just be, I guess it's the American um, spring scheduling or something like that. But NBA playoffs, Champions League, end of all the football leagues in Europe, Game of Thrones, it's all happening. Something else as well. It's the entertainment Super the Bowl of, of the, the year. The Avengers. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true Film though. Series? This, this yeah, must be like a lucrative entertainment time or something like that. Um, and I know the sport. It's just crazy that I follow two sports, really: Champions League, a little bit of Premier League, and NBA, and they're all happening at the same time. The last year, last Ch- year, Chalice Theron, Seth Rogen comedy long shot. Oh, who could forget that that's out as well? Um, it's all happening. But what I, what I, yeah, New Zealand comedy festival even. So, do you know what happened there? Where Liverpool, Barcelona. Yeah, they lost 3-0 at home and then won 4-0 yeah. on the road. Yeah, and in that game... Um, it was it moving. Man, just like Liverpool fans singing um, You'll Never, Never Walk, Walk Alone, Alone yeah. is incredible. Yeah. You think that's good? Watch Melbourne Liverpool fans sing it. Cause they do yeah, I've, no, I've seen that. That's but the they're still one. Liverpool fans. Like, wherever you are, you're still Liverpool. Nah. You're a Melbourne Liverpool fan. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a special time. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Suarez did the coolest... Dick move. Like, I I'm not into dick moves. I had to stop supporting Real Madrid because of um, old F face. But Suarez, and I hate Suarez. He's probably a racist. Very dirty player. He bites guys. But he did the funniest thing. He was running forward on offense and getting tracked. So he just swung back and did a karate kick and just karate kicked the guy in the 
in the league. I think it was was it Arnold? I can't remember. One of the white guy defenders for yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, don't get too hung out. Spiked him in the leg. The guy went off injured. The guy who came on for him, who wouldn't have come on, scored two goals, and that's how Liverpool won. But Suarez karate kicked the guy. Like so, they're they're running. The guy's not even on him. He's just kind of shadowing him behind him. He swung his leg back and kicked him in the leg, and the guy goes down injured, out possibly for the rest of the year. Going to miss a Champions League final, and um, Suarez went and checked to see if he was okay. And that's when I knew that. Suarez, like it was literally a he's kick. Top, top bloke. Oh, yeah, that's when I knew that um, just because you check to see that someone's okay doesn't mean you haven't intentionally or haven't done the damage. Not that I think Tory Craig's a bad guy. Shout no, he did Anyone who comes nothing. to New Zealand to play basketball, no, he bend, he he did bend his knee in the screen, which is weird because you're normally like quite upright. No, I think you bend your screen, your knees when you set screens. No, nah, well, I don't know. It just if you watch the replay. Like okay. a student of the game like myself has. Yeah, I'm sure I saw the replay and I just It is a tough it. one. And maybe it I was a soft screen that, you know, it was like he hardly touched them. Maybe I over-litigated it. But it was just crazy for the Trailblazers bench to step up like that. Like, you even look at the Raptors and it's like the bench wasn't... You expect... You need a big game from the bench and the bench only plays yeah. well at home. I think Trailblazers bench on the road. The Bla- I know it was all about McCullum, but yeah. No, I think also the Blazers, I think... I've, I kind of... I think I remember saying this maybe a few episodes ago... Not to sleep on the Blazers because I, I just think they are a well-run organization. Oh, you got to sleep on the Blazers. Role, role players who can step up. Um, even Zach Collins looked awesome. That guy you hate with the baby face. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he no, he was the star of last game. Yeah, yeah, and he got into foul trouble this game. No, but he still looked awesome. And they got shitheads like Myers Leonard, who um, he got that dunk in the fourth quarter. Oh, it was awesome. Well, man, he, some of those fouls. Um, Jokic was kind of annoying. I like the Nuggets. I like both the teams in the series, but um, Jokic. Uh, trying to draw fouls where he's just come up the court and Myers Leonard would go and just kind of like literally just like, you know, go up to him and just put an armbar on him mm. and then he would fl- throw his head back mm. and he did it once and I, I, was, I re-wound just to re-watch it and I thought that's one of the most ludicrous things I've ever seen. But then uh, started the se- or in the second half going the other way, he came down and he did it again and uh, drew a foul. Jokic plays like a... Um a 40-year-old uh, divorced dad in Nelson playing at Jack Robbins Stadium with his two kids sadly watching him real cold in the stands as he plays men's B-grade. Mm. That's how he plays. He's 24 years old. Mm. I love Jokic, but like, it's, it's so funny to watch the way he lumbers around and how clumsy some of his moves are. And there's some amazing passes, but that's also what a 40-year-old man does. Gets the ball at the top of the key and is like, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> like the cut is going to make your pass rather than Especially if you're not, yeah, I guess Jokic has got the passing, so he can do that. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of amazing how none of the bigs could, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, such a shame Nurkic isn't there, but none of the bigs from the Bla- for the Blazers could really stop um, the, uh, the Nuggets. And it was, just, it was just the fact the Nuggets couldn't score enough points. Um, oh, oh, I just contradicted myself, eh? The Nuggets' problem was offense, but it was, they were getting toasted, uh, they were toasting them in the, in the post, which was good to see. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say, oh, something I noticed watching Sixers Raptors on the, the official NBA League Pass. And you know when you click on the, the top bit and then you can choose like commentary. Mm. Sometime during this season it changed. And there's now like more options. but Because uh, it used to just be like home and away commentary kind of thing. No, it depends how big the game is. Because you right. Japanese, Spanish and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well for these playoff games, so I clicked on it. And I wanted to swap off the Rockets and get uh, Raptors commentary to like a less biased one. And uh, 
there's options. There's mascot mode, coach mode, or something. Oh, and yeah, player I, mode. I wonder, what was the, they're what crazy. It's it's crazy. Um, so there's like player mode. It has the players percentage of the shot and it's constantly changing so the offensive players they have like this oh yeah it's like it's a, red yellow like or green computer game bar yeah and it's like saying like 40 percent like where the where they're at like what the percentage of the shot is then there's coach mode i'd which like is, to see that for that Kawhi leonard shot co- i wonder what percentage of him making that shot was because it can't have been high no Fade yeah that's, away, that's a good point to, anyway sorry um, what does coach mode do Coach mode is no coach mode's crazy. It's like if they make a pass, like a dotted line will appear, like underneath it, saying like they've made the pass, and then it's like showing where guys have like it's like a a whiteboard, showing like when a guy sets a screen, it'll like draw the line with the screen symbol and stuff. So it's so weird. It's why would that help? Like seeing that as live because you're like I yeah. know he just did a screen there because that's what I saw. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't fully know. It just highlights. I, it I, I guess if, if you're watching a if you're watching a replay, maybe, or you want to track well, like a player like Steph Curry who's running around a whole lot of. Yeah, screens. it was maybe showing off ball stuff clearer. Mm. Um, but then the third one is called mascot mode, and I assumed it was just going to be a camera trained on the mascot. That's kind what of I was thing. hoping for. But no, it's like It'd be very weird mode. It's like. First, it looks like a video game, so it just has all the offensive players have their their names and numbers below them. Yeah. And then the player with the ball has like this weird like light up triangle like under their feet. Yeah. And then when like there's just like these different graphics happen. So when someone shoots a three, like maybe like a little target thing will like go shoot on them. And then if it goes in, like maybe heaps of stars will appear <laughs> around the hoop. Or like someone hit one, like a, like Jimmy Butler hit a three, and then the um. The hoop and backboard like caught on fo- was like on fire. NBA jam mode. Um, someone scored a Tobias Harris scored, and even though it was in Toronto, heaps of like foam fingers popped up in the crowd saying number one, like dancing. And I was like, they're all Raptors fans. They're yeah. not s- celebrating that. But anyway, crazy features. That's funny that you were in such an intense game. That was what you were focusing on. But yeah, I. Oh, I was doing it like in the first half. I'm glad you did that, so I didn't have to. Um, can I just go back to the Blazers for a second? As I said, like, what can you say about these games where it's like the Blazers made some shots in the fourth quarter and got the stops where the Nuggets couldn't? You know, uh, Jokic missed a key free throw. Jokic missed a makeable shot. I'm not. It's not all on him, but like, you know, like at, at least the Nuggets went out with their star player with the ball in his hands, kind of thing. Um, but the Blazers, uh, no one would have picked them to get this far. I mean, they've been advantaged. They they they've picked up w- the um they've advantaged from um the Nuggets tanking at the end of the year to get like an easier bracket than anyone would have ever predicted. Who did Portland even play in the first round? They smashed the Thunder. Was oh it yeah, yeah, one yeah. Or four two. Um, you know, he, he waved away. So it's been pretty amazing for them. But like, thank goodness as well, because they are speaking of downtrodden franchises. I mean, they might even be worse off than the Raptors. I know they've got a prouder history than the Raptors, but like. Think of this. This is Greg Oden. This is um, Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy. It's so sad. Like they Sam Bowie. They could have picked Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Jordan. And like no, but like last year they got swept in the first round. Yeah. Lillard oh, never I gets know. picked for an All Star. Oh, I feel super happy for. Um, Portland. they uh, the year the salary cap cap um spiked. They signed players like uh, Myers, Leonard, and um and your boy Evan Turner to massive deals that like have financially crippled the team. Mm. And at the start of the year, everyone's like, everyone's 
Blazers say, will though, make the playoffs and lose the first round. Before you take digs at Evan Turner's contract, everyone's saying that. He earned that contract today. <laughs> he came well, through. Well, he kind of did. Yeah, he did. He kind of did. It's like, it's, it's like yeah, you, you don't you expect it, but like it was crazy because they've got such, on paper, a weak team. But if you look at like all those players who were, you know, Alfro Camino and Mo Harkless did deadly Mo shit Harkless today. Mo Harkless is my guy. But like throughout the series, they've played a role. Every one of their shitty players, Rodney Hood obviously was a game changer uh, Myers Leonard, uh, I won't give him any credit whatsoever. He was terrible. Seth Curry didn't do much. Um, but like, there's so many players. Ennis Cantor, who they picked up in free agency. Like, it was kind of just crazy to see all these guys chipping in a little bit and yeah. paying off for once. Yeah, they're well run. And no, they're not though. That's the problem. They're like, they're, they're a team that's stuck, and they're expected to be a first round out. No, 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 no. no, no. I, I'm not talking. Stars. I'm not talking GM wise. I, I'm talking like just in terms of. I think it's always a good sign of the coach when guys, when role players contribute. And I'd say the same about Denver as well, is that they can get these guys you've never heard of, Monte Morris, Tory Craig, yeah. to come in and, you know, be r- more than serviceable. Yeah. Um, another guy who, who was really surprising me, who I was keeping an eye on this game, was Isaiah Thomas. Because like... What, for, on the bench? Yeah. <laughs> he was into it, man. Yeah. You know, he's not playing, but it's cool to see him standing the whole game, basically. Yeah, loving it. Loving it, supporting his not, guys. Not being the cancer. Not that being a cancer be. that he's rumored to be. Yeah, it was cool, I thought. Yeah. Well, good on, good on you, Isaiah Thomas. You're the real winner from this for not being a cancer. Yeah. But no, that is that is. It'll be exciting. Um, because I'm I I am I I am a Denver fan. Like I'm sad to see them go, but I was definitely rooting for Portland because of. You know, I think they're further along in their timeline. Oh yeah, this is their championship, and they're uh, they've had bad luck in dark times, and uh, you know they've got a lot of guys I really like. They also, I mean, oh, you'd expect Denver just because they're young. Denver got a bright future ahead of them, and like they're, they're they're looking good for next year. But you'd expect them to get crushed by the Warriors, and the Blazers will probably get crushed too. But I'm pretty sure conference rivals. I think the Blazers might have had a few good wins against the Warriors this year. And you're like cheeky, cheeky. You take, you take a game off the Warriors, and I don't know yeah. why I said cheeky, well, cheeky. KDs, no KD as well. Yeah, but well, that's something interesting to talk about next. But um, yeah, I was like shivers. Blazers take one game. I'd expect them to lose in five or six. I have. You told me not to Google anything, but I do have the last time they met. And I also told you not to tell people about my pre-note about googling things. Uh, Last time they met, the like, Blazers are won by 22 points. Yeah. Well, it's, you can't take too much from the Warriors preseason, but I'm just like, there is like a window of hope there. And they're so tired. And if they are carrying, like they can't afford to lose. The Warriors can affo- affo- afford to miss KD for a few games. The um, the Blazers cannot. Like they're just so outmatched for talent. It's insane. But I, I, I like to think there'd be a better matchup than the Nuggets. Um, but just so happy for those guys that they made. This is their championship. And for the Raptors as well. Like I will say, it's such a refreshing, uh, fresher glass of fresh air. I think I nailed that metaphor. That the Celtics aren't there. That the Cleveland Cavs air. aren't there. It's just, it's just so nice for them. And I will say right now, as a Raptors fan, that if, and this sounds cold-blooded, especially after I um, was talking about how sad I was about DeRozan before, this trade for quiet even if he leaves next year and goes to Los Angeles or whatever those stupid rumors are it's 
the trade was worth it because he's so special and it's been such a special season, such a special sh- shot. And for them to even now be swinging at the playoffs and for them to have brought in Marc Gasol and to at least even hope for that, it's been like worth the trade and the transaction and that shot. Like This is what an NBA team lives for. Everyone in the crowd, everyone in Toronto, it's like, holy shivers, that is a pretty special moment that most teams can only dream of and don't yeah, get okay. to experience and Please. never experience before. Yeah, okay. Too sincere? We'll just... Mate, you go that you, you go that sincere over like the Raptors winning a, a regular season game against like Milwaukee. Who the Raptors? The, sorry, the, no, sorry, the no, Magic. No, don't can't change it. The Magic. I've never done that. <laughs> um, should we should we talk briefly about uh, late uh, Ro- Warriors Rockets? Oh, of course. Because I hate the Rockets. Yeah, and goodbye too. to those efforts. But I was a bit sad that this ended in six. But what an awesome game for it to end. Yeah, I thought it was great because. I feel like people have been really disrespecting basically every warrior who's not KD. Yeah. And but kind of rightly so, though. Oh, I disagree. He went out and they played better. They uh, they played a more attractive style of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but like the team, it is. A, I, I I hear you on that. It's definitely a, like people a were saying thing. like it was such a choke by Houston to lose to the Warriors in that game. And it was, like, was a little bit of a choke, but people also love just to hate. That's Ritter, yeah. and people love to hate on the Warriors. I, but I think so. Steph Curry's become the most underrated player. No, that's insane. He was an MVP candidate at the start of the year, mm. and then... But no, but just like online and stuff, no one respects him. Oh, uh, yeah, people get pretty excited, especially the next season. It is so nice to see the old Warriors back, and they. you're, you're right, they play a much more attractive form of basketball without KD. And mm. that's the weird thing, is since they've got KD, and you've, you've said this a lot, that their, their style of play, the iso ball, um, is ugly. And and I, ha- I heard a good point that KD that, that made... That was by far the best game in that series, I thought, in yeah. terms of watchability. Oh, yeah. Well, the wa- Rockets need to be killed. Like, they need to be murdered. And we've said that many times before. And I feel sorry that they're out. But at the same time, Chris Paul and <laughs> James Harden, need to, they need to go think about their life choices. Well, there's a big difference between that and um, being killed. No, well, what I'm saying is like... No, there's not. Let them think about their life choices. And if... Prison, if they refuse, where they have the death penalty, aka Texas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, like the, the 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 Warriors play a different style of basketball with KD, and also with KD, they they become the big bad guy. Someone had the point that like Steph Curry looks like a, ch- a child, Clay Thompson looks like a stoner, Draymond Green looks like he's going to fall over injured at any time. The team without. KD doesn't seem like the juggernaut that they are that won a championship and became the best regular season team of all time. Yeah. So when they get KD, the seven foot two freak who can also handle the ball, pass and shoot threes, you know, like they they all of a sudden go, they go, they become like a, they it gives them such a different brand, a different look. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so sexy the way they play. I'm so annoyed. I see everything I say, I regret saying. Um, and the end of that game, and I must say it was a bit of bad luck for the Warriors that Steph Curry decided to come. Alive, he basically in the series played three good quarters, and it was the quarters that counted. And it's amazingly clutch from him that he plays the last quarter when KD goes out and just play, shoots the lights, and then comes back, scores zero points in the first half, and the second half, half just lights it up in an unbelievable display. And him and Thompson, just the threes they made down the stretch, it's like yeah. shivers. And and I will say it's that it's that ball in the air kind of thing that I was talking about earlier, where like the Rockets can do that too. Like James Harden can also do that. But he didn't, and he hasn't done that, and it's been four or five years in a row now where this depressing trend continues. And what do they say? Like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different yeah, well, results. Also, the Rockets, I think they've over 
value, uh, overvalued Clint Capella and undervalued Trevor Ariza. Like, Clint Capella, he's good for what he is, but, like, I think you can get other guys who can set screens and catch alley-oops and stuff. But Trevor Ariza is is more important. Like, you just yeah. need those guys who can play D and hit threes. But it was the salary cap, and it's the crazy thing yeah, about yeah. playing the Warriors. Like, no, but they like, have I, four but guys. If they, they paid so much for Clint Capella that it's like, if they hadn't paid... Did they? What do you think he's like on? Like, I thought it was like ten million or something. I was sure it was heaps, but I might be. They wrong. must value his defense as well. But yeah, he is he is good at setting screens and catching lobs. Yeah. But I've been struggling to get my head around the Rockets because every year it's like people are hoping either James Harden plays like an MVP and leads his team to the finals, or James Harden chokes out and um, is an embarrassment, and we all get to laugh at him, right? And yeah. the last two years, neither of those has really happened. You know, James Harden has gone out being like the shining. I know he didn't have a great game six there in an elimination game. And he didn't have many assists or whatever people are criticizing him for. But like he's still scoring a lot of points. And I know he gets a lot of those when he splashes in threes and garbage time or whatnot. But this is my theory. And that is that for the Rockets to be an excellent team in the regular season, it relies on James Harden regularly scoring 45 points not 35 mm. and it's like in the playoffs it's just not humanly possible due to fatigue and the amount of pressure put on you and the double teams and the defense that's structured specifically for James Harden and so it's just weird that Mike D'Antoni hasn't been able to get more of a plan B or and you know and they play the regular season like that and they're like people go this is not sustainable and it never is yeah. And it's like, you can't blame, you can blame Harden a little bit, but like, these guys need to, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think D'Antoni needs to take a little bit of the blame. Chris Paul played well in the elimination game. It was weird how hard people were being on him. And I guess because he's such I'm a dickhead. But like, he does give it his all out there and, you know. Yeah. How, because Sam Mori, Sam Mori, Daryl Mori. So I'm combining him with Sam Hinkie. Daryl Mori, I think should be getting criticism hmm. for... Because, uh, you know, people criticize how much, or like are saying, what's, why, because a lot of people are saying their window's done. Yeah. And they're saying. That's crazy. I did a Reddit post trying to say that. I actually saw it. Yeah. Uh, by coincidence, I saw your name on it. Yeah. Um, but Chris Paul. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Paul is... Uh is get $35 million. All the comments was people saying Chris Paul's contract is what is is going to yeah. ruin their future. Yeah. I've just looked up what they traded for Chris Paul, and it's insane. What did they trade for They him? traded Patrick Beverly, yeah. Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, a guy Darren Hillard, never heard of him, DeAndre Liggins, and Lou Williams and Kyle Willicher in a future first-round pick and cash considerations. Mm. Okay, Beverly, Harrell, Lou Williams... Mm. Like but to be fair, to be fair, those are kind of like throw-in players. Normally, I know pl- the Clippers got the most out of them, but yeah, they're like the, the those lot, are like the big three the of the Clippers, basically. Yeah, but imagine like Lou Will would be a step up from Chris Paul. I think I think you're and un- Patrick Beverly. Don't get me wrong, you're, I, I hear what you're saying. There is a there is a lopsided trade. It sounds like a little bit, 
But Chris, well, just how much stuff there was, if you include the pick and stuff like that as well, and how much you got to pay Chris Paul. Like, I mean, the the Clippers probably would have been looking to get over off um, Chris Paul's loaded salary if they'd re- re-signed him anyway. Hmm. But the last two years, the Rockets have been the second or third best team in the NBA. Yeah. And like last year, they were very close. And I don't want to use any excuses for them. And I hate people who are like, oh, if they just made a couple of those threes, they would have gone to the NBA Finals. They probably would have, but um, or if, if Chris Paul hadn't got injured. And Chris Paul always gets injured. He's, he's old and injury prone. Um, it was almost worth it. And they, they've almost done it. But that's the thing. It's like, write the story when the ball's in the air. It's like, they are good with Chris Paul. And this series, I don't know, could have been closer, but it wasn't. You know, it's like, Shivers, both Clay Thompson and Steph Curry just in that fourth quarter, just superb out of this world. I actually feel like because Steph Curry was so good in that second half, Clay Thompson was a little bit undervalued for being consistently good throughout the whole game and, you know, playing a hell of a game offensively and defensively. But, like, you know, like, I will say that I think Maury has been a little bit a victim of, like, you know, just losing some tough games and then, as a result, looking like an idiot, whereas the, the Warriors guy whoever that is, looks like a complete genius in comparison because they are on the winning end of those, you know? Mm. But I, I do hear what you're saying, though, Chris Paul, and that contract is um, horrific. But, like, next year, their window hasn't closed. Oh, Especially yeah. if KD leaves. Steph Curry looks more and more injury-prone and he looks like he's slowing more and more. Um, like, you never know. The Warriors could be the favourite in the West. Ne- uh, the Rockets could be the favourite in the West next year. It's unlikely because they're, they're too big too. Their contracts are so big that... That's pretty much their whole salary cap taken out with two guys, mm. especially with Chris. Uh, Clint Capella's five years, ninety million. Mm. So what is that per year? Uh, average of eighteen million per so year. So it is quite high. You're right, but here's their third, their big yeah. third guy. But imagine if instead they had Montrez Harrell for way less. I don't know. Wow, um, one of the great one ifs. What ifs? Clint Capella or Montrez Harrell? Um, should we talk briefly about uh, the Lakers? Oh, yeah, for sure. You're loving it? No, um, I... uh, Yeah. This is how I imagine it, right? You're at a birthday party. It's already quite weird. You're at a birthday party. It's a great party Mm. for the hottest... It's a celebrity party for the hottest celebrity in the world right now. For Uh, like... mm. Millie Alley? Who's that singer? Oh, Millie Bobby Brown. Nah. Miley Cyrus? Nah. Like the oh, B- Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. <laughs> Billie Eilish? You're at a birthday, uh, what, like her nah. 17th birthday? I was say, do you know who amazes me? Birthday. Donald Glover? Yeah. Lion King, Atlanta, number Childish one song. Gambino. Childish Bambino. It's uh, insane. Like what a, you know, people talk about like a triple threat in acting or whatever. Well, he's like, he's just, he's not only that, he's just nailing it in every... It's insane. Like, he's just a f- an freak. I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of all his things, but, like, shivers he is yeah. nailing it. What's weird about what I found out recently, the, the director of those Lion King, lo- like, most of those live action, well, The Jungle Book and The Lion King, John Favreau, I think is his name. Is, is John Favreau the guy from Chef? The actor? Yeah. Well, That's weird. Uh, surely it's a guy with the same name, but I don't think it is. It could be. I think it's the I think it's the same guy. Big budget films aren't necessarily directed by directing's weird, and I don't know a lot about it. Mm. But basically, the way I've seen it, it happens now, um, and this might lead into your your own Reddit post, maybe um, the way coaching works as well. There's two types of films basically. There's big budget budget directorial films, 
And that's like your Scorsese's and your Tarantino's mm. and your Wes Anderson's, which are like big release based on the director who has all the control, right? Yeah, yeah. They're maybe not even that big budget, but they're, they're pretty big budget. But then there's the studio films, which are just massive, like Disney yeah, and Marvel yeah. and stuff like that, where the director seems to almost be someone who is not as big. Yeah, so like, yeah. so the studio can have more control. Yeah, I agree. And this, occasionally there's a weird thing, I think, like Taika doing Thor, where it was like, he was given quite a bit of free reign, it almost seemed like. Don't you think? Yeah. Like he kind of really made it, he, ma- he put his own stamp on it, I thought, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, good point. I think that might be an exception to yeah, the rule. Yeah, though. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, I've never really seen that before, but I definitely know what you mean. There's like these directors who are just like, seem like they're just kind of there to r- just make sure it happens right. And and they have so many, like they have obviously the, um, they don't need to make huge calls. Like there'll be a director of post and a director of special effects and a direct, uh, a cinematographer and stuff that like, I don't know. I uh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the director is important, but like not as important as you'd expect. It's just another cog in the machine. Like um, uh, a good example was I went to a King Kong junket where I interviewed the most recent King Kong. It might have been King Kong versus Godzilla. I hated the movie. I walked it halfway through into a Clippers game. It's just called King Kong Skull Island or something. If that it movie. Called. It actually did all right and apparently is not too bad, but I just hated it more than life itself. And um, I interviewed the director and it was this like 35-year-old man with a massive beard who'd like previously directed like a few like Inside Amy Schumer episodes or something like that. It was just crazy like yeah. how the thing he'd previously directed had nothing to do with a major CGI blockbuster. Yeah, and you yeah. could tell that they just put him in charge to kind of like, he's the captain of the team, but he's got very little, I don't know, control. I guess he could Kyrie Irving it. Anyway, I don't even know. What I'm we glad you t- brought it back to basketball. We got because we forgot what we were talking about there. Right? Um, okay, so I was talking about the party. You're at Childish Cambino's birthday party, right? Okay. And it's like the hottest star in the world, and everyone's having a great time. Well, I don't think he's the hottest star in the world. Who's the hottest? Star? I just well, it was not Billie Eilish. Um, Who was it? The hottest star in the world. That's pretty tough. I think it's Childish Gambino. Maybe. I disagree. In Is terms it a of rapper? Mainstream. Oh yeah, maybe like. Drake. <laughs> nah. Uh, it's really tough. But just like someone who's on the top of the world right now, no, we're going to nail it. Who's in the Marvel's Avenger? Robert Downey Jr.? Nah. I, um, hate, I, I hate him, but yeah. Yeah, there's got to be someone who's jumping out as the hottest star in the world. Taylor Swift, no. Uh, she, yeah, she, she's looking a little washed. Um, oh, should I see what's Kardashian? See what's trending on uh Who who is big at the Twitter. Met Gala? Lady John Gaga. John Snow is is trending. Lady Gaga? Lady yeah. Gaga's had a big year. Well yeah, but she's like she's been around for she ages. She was in a movie and she was at the Met Gala. Like, I don't think that's Okay, it's a joint party between Billie Eilish, yeah, Lady Gaga and Childish Gambino. Okay, okay. The same birthday. okay, cool. They're having a big party and somehow me and you have been invited. And we're there, like, so stoked to be there. Sap- like lapping it up and like Lady Gaga's on the piano and um, uh, I don't know why I've never even been to a party as you can tell and Childish Gambino's on the piano dancing and Billie Eilish is on the mic singing some somber tunes she's really r- bringing it down to be honest it's, besides that it's quite an upbeat affair and then in the corner barging in the back doors is Steve-O and Snooky and that's the Lakers and it's like the NBA playoffs are happening. It's the best thing ever. And we're all glad the Lakers have effed off. 
And it's like they just have to attract attention. And you're like, how did they even get an invite? Who, how are they well, so loud like they that broke, we still have to hear like them? It sounds like they broke in the back door. Well, they might have. Yeah, they kind of did. Like, they shouldn't, because they're not allowed to be here, right? The playoffs locks out. The Magic, your team, they have respect. You don't hear them making big moves right oh, now. Oh, we're, we, we're moving in the shadows. They're humble. They're humble. They're <laughs> humble, right? Lakers, get some humility. And instead, they're this yeah. big bonfire where they're more talked about than the Milwaukee Bucks. I have, the a theory, I have a theory LeBron intentionally does stuff as well. Like, when the playoffs were starting and he wasn't in it, it's like some story will come out about him doing some big donation. Yeah. And then the <laughs> other day he did it again. He, like, donated some money. And it was like... Just his name pops up. You're at like, like just these wait for the off season, mate. There's plenty yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah. He it's, wears some real weird shoes. I reckon when the finals start, there'll be another LeBron headline. You wait. Yeah. He'll Come finals out. time, he'll, he's, he'll do some stuff. sort of. Um, he's swimming with dolphins. He'll do some sort of event, or he'll uh, donate some money, or release something. a sex tape. The um, it's just amazing that these drunken Lakers, the Steve O of the basketball world, the Snooky. You, you, you emphasize the O too much, I think. Steve-O. No, Steve-O. 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 Um, yeah, apparently Steve-O's sober now and he's doing well with his life and shout out to him. But like, it's just like so embarrassing that they're still there making a scene with their shitty coaching hires. And I know they're probably the most popular team, but can they not just take a break? Can there not just be some embargo on hirings and firings or something? Because the Lakers will probably... Before you know it, I reckon Jason Kidd, who's now the assistant coach... Will probably like replace Vogel like in the finals week or something like that. They just they've always got to do yeah. some shit, and it's always so stupid and frustrating. And there's so much speculation. I also loved, uh, it's their, crazy. Their fans had a protest, and, and they were out in force. <laughs> Twenty dudes outside the Staples Center. I feel bad. Ten feel of which were wearing Lakers singlets. The rest just in regular mufti. Hard to say if they knew it was happening or were just... And there's more cameras than there were. I feel sorry for that produce. I thought it was a good idea and it should have happened. Don't yeah. organise it on a work day though. That's the first mistake. Yeah. Also LA, it's hard to get... Because a Lakers protest should happen, but I don't know. They needed to get. Also, it the majority more. of Laker fans probably are in foreign countries like uh, New Zealand and Asia. No, I reckon, I don't know. It's just, yeah. It, RIP to Lakers. It's, uh, it's, it's, it is it's it's entertaining to watch, and it's a bit sad for LeBron that this could be his last year of being a relevant basketball player. And he's still going to be very relevant because it's the Lakers, but um, not for the on-court antics, it looks like at this point. Who knows? Maybe they turn it around, but um, so far it's downright um, embarrassing. Mm. Well, I think um, Frank Vogel, all Magic fans online are just absolutely like so, de- like being like he was horrendous when he coached us. Here's the thing I will say he had bad luck with injuries. So it's like, that's why I, I can't say, I, I don't want to say he was completely horrendous because mm. it's like he did some weird stuff for sure. I'll <laughs> say that. He did some pretty weird stuff. Paul, do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like maybe it's that time, right about that time, for the stars to roll out. But even though I, I've prepared nothing, no, no, this is good. You're halfway through it, mate. But we'll just—you got to play the music because it's the highlight okay. of the show. Be yeah, that might have rooted your eardrums, but it was worth it because it was sick. Um, but yeah, so... What weird stuff did Vogel do? Oh, the crazy thing was, I was looking through our 
just like little game summaries of every game last year when he was coaching. Mm. And it was so weird to see our top scorers. Like there was like at least 15 games of like the 82 where our top scorer, I, I actually counted, I can't remember how many there were, but I'm going to say at least 15, like around the 15 mark of the 82 games where our top scorer was Jonathan Simmons, yeah. a guy who is now deep down the bench of the Philadelphia, like not getting on the court. <laughs> Never got on the court. For the Philadelphia 76ers. Also, I find that still insane why they gave up Mark Fultz. Like They obviously just thought he was better than he was, um, Jonathan Simmons. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah. But, um, uh, I love how you, you think you guys have lucked onto gold with Mark Fultz. I, I think hope we you have. have. I, know, I know you have. You talk about it a lot. Even if he's bad, I still it's think still worth it. I still think that was a crazy no, trade. For no, them. no, for, for Philadelphia, the um the press around it, I think was yeah, not maybe. great. Like they're they're and trying they, to continue. They maybe got some second round picks, two second round picks or something. Mm. But um uh obviously there was just no interest in Markel, assume presumably. Which but, is a um, shame because he's gold. Yeah, so uh Jonathan Simmons was our leading scorer for a lot of games. Mario Hazonia was leading scorer for a lot of games. Uh, I think that was when we really were having injury problems, mm-hmm. but still, uh, yeah, it was just it was a weird year last year, and I'd kind of forgotten about that. Well, the Lakers are strapping in for another. At least he's a defensive-minded coach, and you're like, if LeBron runs the offense and Vogel runs the defense, then maybe the Lakers mm-hmm. could be respectable. I don't know. It's but it's it's night and day how much better our team got this year without re- without adding. Oh, we we had T-, T Ross coming back from injury. Jonathan Isaac coming back from injury was huge. But still, like we sh- we improved a thousandfold under Steve Clifford, so which makes me a little worried about Frank Vogel. But don't be worried; just enjoy the train wreck. But can the train wreck mm. please take a break while we're enjoying the good basketball of the playoffs? We should do a little bit of a preview of the um, playoffs. But first, we have a um, we have had a c- complaint come in uh, about the audio the audio levels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Super fan of the podcast, DJ Bean. Love your man. Shout out to Boston. Uh, no, actually, fuck the Celtics. No, I was I was rooting for them. Um, yeah, just, um, c- just to make your shitty predictions come true. Um, <laughs> uh, what was this complaint again? Oh, just it was last episode was too quiet. Okay, and well, rightly so. Well, I've got a um, I've got a tip for you, DJ Bean, over there in Boston. I don't know what how you operate in America, but um, I'm going to recommend. Um, Turning the volume up on your phone or podcast yeah, device. Yeah, but, but um, you know, if it's too quiet, even cranked, it's like if it's too quiet, it's too quiet. Um, well, this week we're going to get complaints that it's too loud. And then my advice would be just, turn it down. Yeah, why don't we just try and get it right this week? Well, what, mate, you're in charge of the audio. You're, you're the, um, just send your complaints to Paul Williams. He's the audio engineer of the podcast. Well, I haven't really been for a while. And shout to all our new listeners now that the article that was written about us has gone online as well. So we're blowing up. And it's time to show our expertise. That's where this podcast really shines. Not in shit talk, in expert analysis. And I'm actually terrified of doing this and to put no thought into it. We should we should lay down some rough predictions for the um, Eastern and Western Conference Finals. By the way, do you find it annoying the way the NBA format works? Just trying to, trying to explain. The thing about soccer around the world is it's pretty much the same. And I like how uniform it is. Like, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. A team gets three points for a win. Uh, one point for a draw. Mm. You know, that's how it works. I was going to say two points for a loss. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. And this, and the, the, the way the table works and stuff like that and the way a championship works is basically the same. The NBA, it's so hard to explain. that The regular season means almost nothing, yet they play 82 games, and then teams start trying in the playoffs, and 
you're, they're like, well, what stage are they? And you've got to explain, well, it's the semi-finals. I'm like, wow, it's the last four teams. No, it's the last eight teams because they've split up the to two fake... Comp- you know, it's just such kind of bullshit. Yeah, right. And I, I know it means you can celebrate winning a semi-final, but um, I wish they'd just like simplify the structure just so it's not an awkward conversation every time someone asks you about what's happening in the basketball at work. Yeah. Um, actually, it's the uh, this is the, they've won the final. Did they win the final? No, nah, they won the Eastern Conference finals. What's the Eastern Conference? Well, they've divided the NBA in half for no re- reason anymore, for travel reasons back in the day when the teams traveled on bus or whatever. Um, so we've got, we'll start with probably the easier series to pick, Warriors-Rockets. No, Rockets are gone. Oh, sorry. Warriors-Blazers. Uh, oh, say so do heart predictions and head predictions. Okay. Heart prediction. Oh, what do you mean by heart? What you want to what happen. What you want to happen, yeah. Head prediction, what you think will happen. Yeah. Okay. Heart prediction. Uh, I mean, I kind of like both the Warriors and the Blazers. I, well, you you, you want to see the Blazers win, though, don't you? Like the Warriors. Yeah, sure. Them, they've, they've won a lot. Okay, sure. I'll say uh, heart Imagine prediction. Imagine if the final was the Bucks versus the Blazers. It would be heart, insane. Heart prediction, maybe Blazers in seven. Head prediction, Warriors in six. Blazers take two games. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say... Um, When's KD back? Question. I should have asked maybe before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I heard two games in. But against, oh, okay. uh, honestly, the... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Blaze, uh, Warriors and Six. The Warriors so. are at home, and as long as Steph Curry's not injured, and if they're playing like the way they played against the War, the, um, I think Six is quite a good prediction, because like, maybe the Blazers get one in, in Oracle, but I mean, I think it's pretty unlikely. So I'm going to say, I mean, the Blazers maybe look a little bit deeper, but the, the talent roof, the way Iguodala's playing... Um, I'm going to say Warriors in five. Portland will win one at home. The Rose Garden's a good venue. And what's your heart say? My heart says Blazers in four. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I want to happen. Like, not just... I, I, I liked your angle of going for a seven-game series where they win it on the buzzer, Kawhi Styles. But, like... Yeah. If, imagine what, if the Warriors just got swept. They'd be like, that doesn't fit in any narrative. Or like, they'd, they'd, Steph Curry would think of leaving, not just KD thinking of leaving. Like, that'd be just the most bizarre timeline. Never happen, but yeah. So I, I I'd say Blazers in five probably. Uh, sorry, Warriors in five. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, now the East. This is so hard. I don't know. My head obviously says. My heart obviously says. Uh, uh, Raptors in in four, but my head says I can't even pick it. Pick it. I'm gonna say. My head says Bucks in six. Oh, okay. Damn. I hate to pick against the Raptors, but. Yeah, I, I assumed you'd pick the Raptors, and then I'd get to choose the Bucks. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's like you, you yeah, watch got, games one no and two. Unfortunately, they are in Milwaukee. I'd feel a bit better about yeah. Ga- the g- game game one will tell us a lot, I think. Uh, then again, the, my heart, the Boston Celtics won um, game one, and I feel a bit sorry for Paul Pierce, but he did say the series was over. My heart says Bucks in four. My head says Bucks in seven. Yeah, it could go seven. Could go four. One thing that, what? What do you mean it could go four? It could. I don't know. I was like the Bucks. I have no I idea what's going to happen. I definitely don't think it'll go in four. Oh yeah, it's a it's a crazy prediction, but like I don't know. Um, I think one thing that's uh 
a guy who I really rate, Malcolm Brogdon, I think will be back by game one. And I think he's a, and this is an underrated storyline that he's coming back. Will he, have to, will he be up to play off pressure though? You know, like it's like yeah. quite intense. Oh man, like, he's so he mature. Been, no, but has he been running and doing Who's jumping? Who's say? I reckon. He's the so drains mature. of the. I love to go to an. I've been to a few NBA games, but never to a playoffs game. And I'd love to see the intensity of these game sevens. It's crazy how they start like a heavyweight boxer fight, and it's like no one can score. Like everyone's nervous. Mm. The intensity I'd, on defense is insane. Everyone's tired. It's I'd just, love to see Malcolm Brogdon just just play out there in person, loping around the court. Nothing better than watching him. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, should we do... Uh, is it time for no, NBA Reddit? Uh, no, uh, oh, yeah. The, the Reddit comparison? Yeah. I don't know my stats. Let's do this, wrap this up quite quickly. Well, quickly, open You've your You've got posts. a cheeky grin on your, on your face. I don't even know how to get it. We'll so, just go to Reddit and click so on So you did an NBA Reddit post, and how'd you go? It went very well. Right to the... I, well, I didn't see how exactly how high. Front page, it was did at least... Did you do this based on me doing a post? No, I, not just yesterday. I was just... Quickly banged this out, yeah. But um, uh, I saw this is the first time in a while we've both done a post, so it's very exciting. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be the competition. I just typed this out on my phone because I got sick of people saying, um, everyone was saying that the Rockets' window is closed the day after they lost, and I was like, I don't think it has closed. If KD leaves the Warriors, then you'd like say the the Rockets are first equal team to take the West. Like they're looking real nice. Yeah. Assuming they can fill... I mean, PJ Tucker's going to be 35, but I mean, the Warriors got the same problems. Iguodala's going to be 35 or, or older as well. I don't even know how old he is. Um, but my post was the same. It came from just a, a place of kind of anger and confusion. Um, but uh, I said, why do NBA teams keep recycling the same coaches? Mm. And I wrote quite a lengthy post yeah, about it. Yeah, you put a lot of thought into it. Did it take a while or...? Oh, it didn't take that long. But um, uh, it went very well. I, I mean, I, I want to say it went right to the, near the top. I, I saw it at fourth. It's annoying it doesn't tell you and say this. Made it to the top. Yeah. But it's got 2,000. We'll, we'll just assume that mine made it to the top. 2,923 upvotes. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see, say my upvotes first and we'll okay. see who got the most. I got 65 upvotes. And what's the percentage? Go down to the side. 79% upvoted. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. I got 96% upvoted, 2,923 upvotes. And your question was? Why do NBA teams keep recycling the same coaches? Yeah. So, because just so many comments were like, you know, this was this is one I actually, these are ones I actually found. Who else? Because when Frank Vogel was hired with Jason Kidd as the hmm. assistant, someone was like, who else were they supposed to hire? This person was like, Ty Lue, Jason Kidd, Tibbs, Mark Jackson. Not exactly a frilling lineup. I think Vogel is the best of the bunch. Yeah, they're, they're but it's like why is what they're proving your point there. Y- your point is you can look outside that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this person, I'm like, why is that the bunch? Like, why is that the best of the bunch? Like, why is these five guys the options? And um, and it just seems crazy to me that they're interviewing Jason Kidd, who's had he's coached two teams mm. and underwhelmed with both. Why not bring in someone new or um, find an assistant and promote them? Jason Kidd's so funny because um, uh, he also has been known for being like a um, stab-in-the-back locker room cancer. And um, the the last thing the Lakers need is like 
uncertainty and everyone's like already taking predictions on how long it'll take Jason Kidd to take the, you know stab Vogel in the back and take the head coaching position. Yeah. Do you know what? Let's see back. Like European options from Maccabi Tel Aviv or whatever. Get, um, David Black. David Black. Well, f- I agree. Not, I was for, not for LeBron, obviously. They obviously don't like each other. But When I was writing this post, I was looking at just like NBA coaches w- with the best winning percentages. Hmm. And like David Blatt's right up there. He sure. was coaching a stacked team of In the cats. East as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with that. But it's like it seems weird f- to not give him another chance. Hmm. Like, like there's people who deserve second chances, I think. And... You know, he'd be a candidate for one, like not really getting a, a fair crack at it. But um, uh, the one annoying thing about my post is I started it by saying how the Spurs got Popovich from uh, Pomona Pizza, a college I'd never heard of. The Bulls got Phil Jackson from Piratus de Cuba, uh, Quibradillas, a team playing in the National League of Puerto Rico. Yeah. The Lakers got Pat Riley just from their commentary desk. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the comments were like, oh, Pop wasn't randomly plucked. Like, he was an assistant for Larry Brown in Kansas and an assistant for... But my point was that they, these guys were just coaching in these kind of... Or in these random places. Mm. And then, sure, like, obviously they become assistants first. or They didn't just go and just get some random guy off the street. Yeah. Um, and like someone was like, Phil Jackson was an ass- um, didn't come from Puerto Rico. He was an assistant with the Bulls and then got promoted. But it's like, yeah, but they got him like... So that was frustrating, but because all I was trying to prove was that these weren't got like you know Pop, it wasn't like Popovich had just been laid off from the um, you know because he just tanked with the he had a shocking season with the Bucks the year before yeah and then the Spurs were like ah get him in <laughs> you know and Phil Jackson hadn't just yeah. um, led the Phoenix Suns to well, a guess, record it does happen though um, Nick Nurse has kind of come up weirdly with the Raptors and stuff like that no no that's what I'm saying yeah do that do that. Don't, um, but Nick Nurse was an assistant. Unfortunately, the team's Lakers. They need someone now. They can't get like a developing coach. They no, no, but because other pe- people, other argument was um, go with the safe bet, yeah. someone who's coached before. Because if you bring in someone new, they might be crap. But it's like there's a chance they might be good, opposed to hiring a crap coach where there's zero chance they're good. Really? Yeah. Well, well, I guess it's different position for different teams, right? If the if the Mag- Orlando Magic were hiring a coach, I would definitely go get someone from Europe or get someone weird because you're not going to be contending for a championship next year. So like, why? I not? disagree. Yeah. Well, why why not give it a bit of a bit of a shake? But for the for the Lakers are a weird position. They need to win next year, and they need to get someone who's a safe pair of hands. And LeBron's like, I don't need anything fancy. I just need someone to help organize the team and have some authority in the locker room. Yeah, and like he'll do half the coaching. It's yeah, a, it's I don't know if Vogel's a, the guy for that. It's a particularly it's a particularly weird one weird of, situation. One of they're the trying to big criticisms of Vogel was that he um, Magic players this year were like talking about Clifford, Steve Clifford, and being like, it's great to have someone who like holds us accountable because that was missing last year. The the value of coaching though is so interesting because it's like I mean Stan Van Gundy says that like no no coach there's not many coaches that actually move the needle. You know, like you look at like there's maybe a few exceptional coaches. Yeah, but that's why that's why it out. annoys me. Why but even them? Like one of those is Brad Stevens, and look at his shit kicker team this year, who's underachieving. But yeah, it it annoys me how Spolstra. What is he doing in Miami at the moment? Diddly shit. Yeah, but it annoys me how it seems like a lot of teams settle for mediocrity. It's like find a coach who moves moves the needle. But the, yeah, but but like Just there's obviously not many, and like you look at Steve Kerr, and you're like, imagine if Steve Kerr was coaching the. Um, 
what's a what's a middle of the Detroit sense. Pistons, ah. you know? Like a middle of the range team with like real big roster problems. It's like would he be able to do the same thing? And if you put Spolstra or Luke Walton on the like coaches that have been competent in the past, if you put them on the Warriors, would they be driving that to victory, you know? Yeah. Would D'Antoni go if you switch D'Antoni and Steve Kerr around? What would the re- re- reaction be, or would Steve Kerr coach the Rockets up to be better than the Warriors? You know, like it's yeah, h- it's hard to know the value. To say, the weirdest thing for me is soccer, where in football the coach is so important, and like they talk about it almost as if it's their team. Yeah, like you know, like it, I mean, I know if it's a superstar like Messi, it's Messi's team. But like in the in the Manchester City who just won the league today, um, it's Pep Guardiola's team. Like Liverpool is. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's team, you know, like yeah. they're the coaches, like the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just weird how in basketball sometimes it is. I guess, I guess Brad Stevens is the star of the Celtics, but yeah. But um, I can, can I throw a weird theory out there then? Yeah, what? Um, it's like a race thing where like teams that are like, especially like City and stuff, but it's more prevalent in the NBA. There's still a lot of white players in soccer, but sports where all the players on the field are black and the coach is white, then everyone in the white media and the white country of england like loves the white coach i mean maybe this is wrong maybe i'm paranoid i don't know but like you look at even the celtics like a famously racist town like boston where all their players are black and so everyone just talks about how great the coach is who's the white guy i could be wrong it maybe me just went out so it's a kind of interesting theory right mm, yeah. do you know that bill russell didn't when he got his um yeah, he never retired he didn't get it done in front of the fans because he hated the celtics fans so much because they're a bunch of racists yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah I, I know things are improving and that he goes to Celtics games now and supports them but like that is the most tragic shit back when the celtics were tearing the league up um they didn't get many fans like even in their finals appearances they wouldn't necessarily sell out because it was like a hockey and baseball town and like you yeah. know basketball was a was a brown man sport and yeah they're racist it's crazy hmm uh, they're they're loving those banners now though, aren't they? Anyway, deep and meaningful um, note to end on. Well, I think it was a good pod though. I had an enjoy, enjoyable time. Yeah. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, I had a good time. Um, bloody good. I like uh, you. You 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 definitely want to talk about football. Any opportunity oh, you get. I, I I'm going to say right now that basketball saved itself today. But in the last uh, few weeks, football has been way above basketball in terms of excitement and. You know. Anyway, the point is next week we may do a half basketball, half football podcast because Champions League is heading right up. Liverpool mm. versus Tottenham. I didn't even talk about the Tottenham game. It was crazy. Lucas Moira, I messaged. I think I messaged. Uh, oh, cool, Mister. Um, no, well, you said Moira like it was like an auntie. Well, his name is Lucas. Not like pe- you, you just call him Lucas. It says Lucas on the back of his shirt. He's a one-name player. Yeah, it's like yeah. Neymar. Yeah. Like what's Neymar's? Surname. Yeah, no one knows. Question. Um, we call it Ryan with Neymar. It's like Neymar Baymar or something. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's, it's nine thirty at night. Yeah, yeah. Lucas, uh, uh, what was you, what were you calling him? Luke, Lucas Mora. Do, Don Donick. Oh, Luca Donkick. What Do, I call you him? called him Donick. Donick. Luca Donick. <laughs> um, Luca Donick. That sounds cool. Yeah, but you just, I'm just. Saying I'm just going to say, Luca, if you're listening, change your name. Um, but. Uh, what was I, what was I even talking about? Oh, just I messaged a friend when a Tottenham diehard fan who's a friend when they got Lucas, uh, saying, "Man, he's good," <laughs> and he was like, "He probably won't play much," 
three goals in the semi-final. Yeah, but he was a shit kicker though, wasn't he? And like he three goal. He said it was the greatest moment of his life, and I was like yeah. disrespectful to his wife. No, I'm because that's good honesty. I hate when people go <laughs> second best. I, like, I, no, I, I think he actually did say um, he he kind of was like best moment of my life, and then he was like in my career <laughs> or like <laughs> something like that. You got to reverse it. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you to DJ Bean, and thank you to Paul. Well, don't thank me. I've been Guy Williams. No, don't thank me. Thanks for guesting on the podcast. No, I'm I'm part of the podcast. See you goodbye forever. And uh, may the best team win. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.